Today's scripture reading is from Matthew um, 18, verses 10 through 14. The parable of the wandering sheep. Hear these words of Jesus. See that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. What do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the ninety-nine on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, truly I tell you he is happier about the one sheep than about the ninety-nine that did not wander off. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should perish. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Chuck. Let's pray. Oh, may God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing and joyful to you. You who is our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Today we continue our series entitled, The Struggle is Real. We are currently living through one of the most polarized periods in American history, including this very divided and divisive political season that seems to just never end anymore. Plus, the cultural wars that are aplenty, military wars around the world, and that doesn't even mention the conflicts that ebb and flow in our personal lives and in our own neighborhoods. And I don't think it's any secret that most of us, if not all, struggle with how to have disagreements and hard conversations in healthy ways in positive ways. And that's for a multitude of reasons, because it's just not something that comes natural to us. And so this worship series is called The Struggle is Real because, well, the struggle of living in community and having those hard conversations and, and talking with one another, it's hard. It's something that we all struggle with. And as Christians, we are called to look to Scripture, to see how God is calling us to live and to handle life's challenges. And in chapter 18, we see what Jesus teaches his disciples and teaches us about how to communicate with one another. Because Jesus himself struggled with communicating with the disciples as they lived and they, they journeyed and all of that. And we see this teaching, it begins with the first step that we covered last week, that's communicating and handling conflict is not about the other person necessarily, but about ourselves. And it, the first step is check yourself. Don't focus on the other person and what they've done or what they're doing. Turn inward. Ask yourself, is there something that I need to release or something that I need to work through or change in myself? How am I contributing to the conflict or the disagreement? What assumptions am I bringing about the other person? 
Because resolving conflict isn't about being the greatest or about our, our own personal win. It's about creating and maintaining that healthy relationship with the other person. And so then the second step today is looking at the other person, not with our own human eyes, but with God's eyes. In the scripture that Chuck read for us, Jesus walks us through this classic parable that many of us have heard about the lost sheep. If a shepherd has a hundred sheep and they're grazing on the hill and one of those sheep wanders off, he's not going to just stand there and say, oh, well, I guess I'm down to 99 sheep. No, the shepherd is going to leave the flock and go search for that one lost sheep. And when the shepherd finds it, he's going to rejoice over the sheep and celebrate it much more than the 99 who stayed where they were supposed to. When that sheep comes back to the flock, the shepherd is going to rejoice and celebrate that they are together again. And then Jesus says, this is how God is with each and every one of God's children. So looking at someone with God's eyes means that we value them as a whole person, not just focusing on what they did wrong or how they've made us angry or how they've upset us, but as someone who is a beloved whole child of God, created good from the very beginning. Looking at someone with God's eyes is remembering that the person who is across from you is just as important to God as you are. That if they were to wander away, God would search for them until they were safe with the flock again. Yes, we need to face our conflicts with others directly and wisely, and yet at the same time, we need to frame all of our conflicts in this love of God, this mercy and inclusion that we see in this scripture. And looking with, looking with God's eyes to the other person, it means that we, we try to open our perspective to see everything that's going on in their life. What are they struggling with? How are they wounded? How does that contribute to the way that they're acting? Maybe they're wounded in a completely different area of their life. They're struggling with something that has nothing to do with what you're talking to them about. But it contributes. And that's not to excuse what they've done or what they're doing, but it's to come from a place of compassion and grace and mercy. Because when God looks at us, God sees not just that facade that people around us might see, but God sees all of us. God sees us the way it says in Psalm 139. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. That deep down knowing. You know, O oh God, when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from far away. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways, O oh Lord. Before word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. 
you hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. It says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to understand. And then it goes on, for you created my most inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. This is how God knows us, completely and wholly. And when God looks at us, that's what God sees. A whole person, beloved creation, that experiencing all that is to be human, the joys and the struggles, the heartache and the sorrow, the temptation, all of it that we experience and then have to go along in our days like everything is fine, right? What would it do to our relationships if we saw the other person not just in the context of our conflict and that one way that we see them, but if we saw them in the context of everything in their whole life, everything that's going on. So not only is that person that you're seeing, if they're, you're talking to them, you're imagining how is it with their family? How is it with work? How are their relationships with their friends? What are they struggling with? How is their health? And taking all of that into consideration when you're interacting with them. Quite a few years ago, we were living in Mansfield, and my husband, Rasul, he went to the grocery store one, uh, it was a Sunday evening, he went to the grocery store to get some, I don't know, some stuff for the rest of the week. And he pulled into the parking spot, and he went to get out of the car, and then he's like, ah, I forgot my cell phone. Turns back, grabs the cell phone, turns back to get step out, and somebody punches him in the face. And before he knew what was happening in that moment, this guy who punched him was screaming at him, claiming that Russ had purposely taken his parking spot. And Russ's initial urge in that moment was to retaliate. But because my husband is a loving and a patient man, I help with that, he looked the man in the face and he said, all right, if you had approached me in any other way and told me that I had wronged you, I would have apologized, I would have moved out of your parking spot, and I would have let you park there. But since you started with violence, I'm going to call the police instead. And so Russ pulls out his phone, and at that moment, the guy realized that he was not joking, and so the guy jumped back in his car and drove away. And then later, he, he goes and he gets all of his groceries and he comes home, and he's telling me all of this. He's relaying this whole story. And I could tell that he was still shaken up by it, but when he got done with the story, Russ didn't focus on how stupid the man was for getting so upset about something so simple and all the things. He just looked at me and he said, I wonder what was going on in that guy's life that he got so upset about a parking spot. I wonder if he'd been arguing with his wife before he got there, or his kid was sick, or he had lost his jobs and he was trying to figure out how he was going to pay for the groceries that he needed for his family. 
And he said, I feel bad for him. And I think I've shared that story before, but it's such a good example. An illustration of, of what compassion and mercy can do for us in a situation. Because these first couple steps of having conversation and living out healthy conflict with one another, they're about us. It's about how am I doing? And it's about us pausing to imagine and think about the other person. Recognizing that maybe what that person just said or did has more to do with them and what they're going through than what you're dealing with together. And this is not an easy thing to do, to pause and to think about who is our, our, our enemy in some way, those, that person that we're upset with. It's not easy to think about them as a whole person sometimes. So we're going to close today by pausing, and I'm going to lead us through some guided prayer, and that sounds a lot more intimidating than it really is, I promise. It's not scary. I invite you to just think about that person that you are having some sort of conflict with, whether it's a small thing or a really big thing, whether it's something that's been going on for years or it was just one little immediate thing, whether it's new or old or whatever. Think about that person. Have them in your, eye, in your mind's eye. I invite you to close your eyes if you feel comfortable and think about them. And take that deep breath, because that always just helps a little bit. And think, is that person lost? Are they like that sheep in the parable? Are they wounded in some way? How are they hurting in their life? And think about yourself. Are you seeing that person, that brother or sister, that sibling in Christ, are you seeing them with your eyes or with Christ's eyes? And now in this moment of silence, I invite you to pray for that person. Oh God, you know the person that we have lifted up. You know how difficult it might be to pray for that person. And God, as we step into the other person's shoes, we pray that you might guard us against our own assumptions and judgments. God, Wherever you are leading us, help us to see, whether that's to act or to not act. And whatever that might be, help us in the days to come to lead first with your compassion 
with your mercy, with your strength, knowing that you have created each and every one of us as your beloved children. We pray these things through the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. And now we will move into a time of praying together and praying for one another. And as we do so, I invite the, the choir to come forward. And those who are joining us online, you can take this time to share any prayers on comments or a prayer at brexelumc.com or our text number. It is good to have our choir back with us.
Thank you, choir. We have quite a few prayers that have come in this morning. My first one, though, is I really do enjoy the the babies that are that chatter in the worship service. And what's really fun is watching this corner over here because then about halfway through the sermon, their entertainment left. The two babies left. And then everybody, I saw everybody go, oh, which <laughs> is <just> really cute. <laughs> okay. Uh, Darlene asked for prayers for Sandy, who broke her ankle and is in a lot of pain. Uh, and also for Tia, who is 81 and recovering from a hip replacement. And Jason has a joy of Allison's father returned home after he broke his hip and had surgery and a long recovery. He is finally home, and that is a good. And Sue um, has prayers, continue prayers for Bill E., Bill Ellenberger. Um, he's halfway through chemo, and many thanks for continuing prayers and love and support. And Louie says... I forget how old Louis is. I always forget this. He's, what, three, four? I don't know. He says, I want to pray for all my friends I see at church to have a happy week and time. And Shelly asked for prayers for Laverne and Jerry, who are both hospitalized after they fell in their driveway, um, and they were laying there overnight. Um, and also prayers for Michael, whose chemotherapy isn't working, and so they're going to try another procedure. And then prayers for discernment, um, for, for health, and, and decisions about life. And Taylor asked for prayers for Michelle, um, as she got diagnosed with cancer, and continued prayers of healing for Carol. And Lucy asked for prayers um, for her friend Preston, who uh, she just found out has an aggressive brain cancer, stage four. So prayers are needed for him. And Linda asked for prayers for Bev and Marilyn Huber. And Chuck asked for prayers for the men's and women's walk, Emmaus walks that are happening this fall, um, this in October. And we have um, someone going from our church, and we're excited. Um, Emmaus is a, an opportunity, a three-day weekend where we, you go and kind of immerse yourself in um, what it means to be a disciple. And it's a, a beautiful experience. So with all of that, let us go to our Lord in prayer. Jesus Christ, Prince of Peace. We are grateful for the eyes you give us that enable us to see the world as you see it. We are grateful for your heart within us, enabling us to feel the compassion that you feel. And we are grateful for your courage, equipping us to love our enemies and praying for those who persecute us. Oh God, we pray now for our enemies, for all those who oppose us personally, as a society, and every other way. Oh God, we know that with the help of your Holy Spirit, we might all learn to work together for your justice, bringing true and lasting peace that we might all find in you. 
And we recognize that each and every person we meet is struggling in some way. And so we lift each person to you. You have heard our prayers that we have spoken aloud. And God, you also know those prayers that weigh heavy on our hearts. And so we pause again, lifting our own silent prayers to you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Oh God, we pray these things with deep gratitude for you, and we pray together the words Jesus taught so long ago. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The last thing we do each Sunday is to remind ourselves that church does not end here and now, but it goes with us into the world into our daily lives, and we have a few ways that you, of how you can do that. And the first one is that directly following this service, if you're here in person, um, we are having a talk with the team in, back behind us in the parlor, and that is simply a way for anybody who is newer to the church community, whether this is your first Sunday or I don't know, however many, and you wanna just come meet us as a ministry team um, or a staff, um, we're quite entertaining when you get us all together. And you can put a name with an email and figure out why you would talk to us. And uh, then you can take a tour of the building because it's a big building and we don't want you to get lost. Uh, and then next week, we have started, today was our first um, fall learning opportunities. They all began today. And next week, um, we do begin our, I'm messing Melanie up so much with these slides. Thank you for staying with me, Melanie. Um, but next week we have basic beliefs and that really it's part of our membership journey but anyone can come if you have been a lifelong Methodist but you really don't even know what that actually means you're welcome to join us and we have we um, answer questions we talk about um, what it means to be United Methodist a lot of what they talk about in confirmation we talk about that just in a truncated form so you don't have to do two years you just do four weeks okay and then um, also we have a bike fix it that is coming up on September 20th from nine to noon. It's a Saturday. You can come and use your skills or find new skills and you can fix and clean up bikes so that they can go to people in um, inner city Cleveland who need them. And then also last week we had, we had so much fun at fall kickoff, right? Well, Jamie had fun. All right. Guess not. Wah, wah. Well, I did. 
But anyway, one of the things we did was we had pictures of, um, and Don took pictures of people and their fam families and individuals, and if you weren't able to be here for all of the fun that I had, and apparently no one else did, then you can come next Sunday, and Don will be here to take our pictures. I know there's at least one family who didn't get the opportunity to do it. You can come next week, and Don will take your picture, and we put them all together with a collage um, of our church family, and then you also get just a really nice picture of your family. Um, and then finally, one of the great things about last week were name tags. They were so helpful, and it's like, I know your name. I know your name. I can't remember your name right now. And so we decided we were going to have name tags. And so these name tags are super fancy, and if you want one, you can have one too. They're uh, magnetic, Okay, so they just easily go on your clothes. If you can't use a magnet because you have a pacemaker or something, we have the, the, the clippy pin ones or whatever too. Um, I do want to recognize, do we see the name that Melanie chose for the slide for the name tag? Anita Dayhoff. <laughs> Get it? Yeah. Okay. See? It's fun like that. You can have a talk with the team. Um, so sign, <laughs> you can either email us or call us in the office, or you can, um, there's a sign up on the piano in the parlor, and you can sign up for your very own beautiful name tag. Okay, with that, let us receive the benediction so that we might go and do God's good work. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you, and grant you peace. Go in peace and not in pieces. Amen. Let us stand and sing. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death your perfect love is casting out fear and even when i'm caught in the middle of the storms of this life i won't turn back i know you are near and i will fear no My God is with me. Whom then shall I fear? Whom then shall I fear? Oh no, you never let go through the calm and through the storm. Oh no, you never let go in every high and every low. Oh no, you never let go, Lord, you never let go of me. beyond all compare and there will be an end to these troubles but until that day comes we'll live to know you here on the earth and i will fear no
wonderful to worship with y'all. I hope you have a wonderful week.